You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 39 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. I'm Hillary Jastrom, your host. And before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out today to our parent company, Sick Biz Incorporated, for enabling us to continue our mission of serving our very special community of chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. And we have expanded our scope of who we are helping this week, so that's exciting. We are now extending our reach of our message and our resources to remote workers as well. Now, this might mean that you are employed by a company and working freelance. It might mean that you are employed by a company and you are working remotely for that company. Whatever your situation is, whether you're an entrepreneur, freelancer, or remote worker, SickBiz is here to help support you, and in particular, if you happen to be living with a challenging physical condition. Embrace the Lion. What a cool-ass name for a business, and what an appropriate moniker for Cody Jefferson, our guest today, my co-host today who is a lion himself in all the personal and professional areas of his life. Cody and I connected recently, and what I'm learning about him is that he is a no-excuses guy whose message is cushioned by compassion. A former pastor, his perspective on life and on helping other people to achieve their dreams has only been deepened through his life experiences, through raising his children, and through his own history. I'm very excited to welcome Cody, our first lion in the studio, to our digital Sick Biz Buzz studio today and to get a glimpse into his mind of what it means to be a lion. Please welcome Cody Jefferson and get ready to get off your butt. Your B-U-T, that is. Cody Jefferson, I have been ethically stalking you for a while, but you didn't know, did you? (laughs) Hey, I mean, I feel like ethically stalking is what you have to do in this day and age. Well, not what you have to do, but that's what we have to call it, right? We can't just say, hey, listen, I've been knee deep in your content going way back two, three years just to make sure that you're who you say you are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it was like I was a lion stalking a lion. Do you see what I mean? There we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the second I learned about you, and there's just so much to you. It's not just the professional aspects, but you really are a person who just lays themselves open and shares your own pain and your own challenges to help other people. You know, I think that one of the things that society really lacks right now because of social media and the way that everything has to be perfectly displayed and no one can have a bad day. And if you do, it just looks like a rant or some sort of pandering for attention. I think there's a real call to ownership and truth. And, you know, for me, as I've walked through just a lot over the past few years, it became really clear to me that as somebody who was an occupational minister, I was a pastor for 12 years. The only way to really help people move forward is to tell the truth and to own where you are and to say, Hey, listen, behind all of these curated pictures behind all of this, you know, seemingly perfectly developed copy, 
there really is a story here. There is real pain here. And the only way that I can help you move forward is to share that I've walked through this pain as well. And so I've really become more of an open book on social media to say that your pain doesn't have to define you. It can be a catalyst to really pushing you forward into your, into your power. Yeah. And you know, this is crazy. So every time I come on the show or every time I, you know, I get really silent and I try and hear the messages of the universe because I'm very spiritual. Um, I'm hearing this this week that our pain belongs to everyone and you are just backing that up. And that when we can see a purpose for our pain, it makes it feel a little less painful. It makes it it makes us feel, I think, a little less like a victim. Well, sure. You know, I think that pain is, if we can really get objective about it and we can really shift our mindset into understanding that everything in life is a gift, everything, every loss, every tragedy, every trauma, every success, every win, it's all a gift. And the thing about pain is I think it's, it's, it's almost our most powerful teacher because it's the one emotion unless you numb it that you cannot escape, right? You can push down joy and you can find contentment or you can find contempt or you can find anger. You can find some semblance of peace. Fear, you can't outrun. Like it is the one emotion and the one, like the one place that you really have to confront it if you're going to move forward. So for me, I look at pain and the areas in which I've walked through, not as this way to be a victim, because I don't believe, I don't believe in victimization. I believe in ownership. Now I do believe that there are situations and events that happen to us that we cannot control, but we can always, you know, as Jack Canfield says, author of uh, success principles, we can always control our response. And if we want a different outcome, we change our response to events. And so when we ditch a, a narrative of victimization and enter into that of the hero, I think we really find our power. And I think there's some sort of collected effort of people wanting to move past victimization, right? And find some sort of common bond in being heroes together. Um, I totally agree with that. And I think that there's something that people perceive to move from the victim to victor mentality. There's a perception there in there, for example, because I don't know if you've been ethically stalking me, but I have uh, a disease called transverse myelitis. It's a rare neurological disorder. It's like uh, MS. So it's just a bastard. Um, And (laughs) I don't know any disease that's like, I really enjoy having it. It's so wonderful, you know. Um, But in any regard, you know, I'm I'm able to view my life and my purpose and stuff like that. But I'm in a couple of support groups. There are people in the support groups that don't want to, I don't want to say get positive, but they don't really want to engage in a different mindset. And move into a victor mentality or move into a mentality where they're where they're selecting the depth of their pain and i've been trying to figure out why that is what is the perception that people will lose something moving from the quote unquote victim to victor mentality why do they hang back and not go forward You know, I think there's something to be said about recognizing that there's something within us that seeks affirmation. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of times that affirmation looks like attention, right? And so, and this is not, listen, this is not a, it's not a proposition of good or bad, right? So I don't necessarily believe in these conversations, there's good or bad. I mean, there's healthy and there's unhealthy in the ways that it either serves us or doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. But I think some people occupy the narrative of a victim because in their mind, it serves them to stay where they are, because even though it may not be healthy, it's at least comfortable. And if I can stay in this place, at least I'm comfortable here. I I know what to expect. It's, forgive me for sharing this type of analogy, but it's like the woman who stays in somewhat of an abusive relationship, right? It's not that it's healthy. It's not that it's useful, but it's comfortable. And I don't know where to go from here. So I'm just going to stay in this place because I don't want to confront that there might be hope on the other side, because what if there's not, right? Mm -hmm. So I think for so many, we stay in this bubble of victimization because it serves us to stay comfortable where we are. It's all we've known. So it's where we want to stay. And we also, I think, get used to that sympathy. We get used to people giving that sympathy. And this, I mean, and it goes for dysfunctional relationships. Like you're saying, you get into that dynamic where it's like, well, this is what I expect. I'm used to it. It fills some part of me. So if I lose that part of myself, then I have to completely change so much. I have to change where I get my affirmation. And sometimes that affirmation feels like love. So I have to change where I get my love because if I don't have this, I don't have this attention, you know, I don't have the sympathy, then um, maybe I doubt that I'm even worthy of being loved. And we all have those people on Facebook or any form of social media, or even in our lives, maybe, maybe they're family members who are just a consistent dark cloud, if you will, right? Yeah. Consistently posting just all of these things that are going wrong. And you're absolutely right. This idea that, well, people are commenting, people are liking, people are following me and they see me as a leader. No, everybody just watches a train wreck. Like that's kind of the thing, right? And we don't know how to move you forward other than to say, hey, you know, sorry, hope you're doing okay. But really nobody looks to victims as the leader. They look at people who have overcome areas where most would stay victimized and become the victor. I'm telling you what, dude, you and I are on a mind meld so high right now. I can't even handle it. (laughs) I love it. We're speaking the same language. Oh, my God, we are. And I feel like we're on the same step of the journey to to some degree, because there's been a lot of like this watershed realization that's come in. And a lot of people, too, and I don't want to stay on the victim uh, victor thing forever, but uh, I think that a lot of people feel like. When people say, well, you're in control, they're getting blamed. Oh, so you're saying it's my fault. I'm the victim now. But that's not it. That is not it at all. And you absolutely hit it on the head with you're not being seen as a leader. A leader is somebody who is going to look for the gift, who is going to share the gift, who is going to look for the opportunity and keep growing from that. You know, there's always perspective to be learned. And the the hard part about self-actualization and perceptive reality is you can't lead anyone to any of it. That's why it's called self-actualization. And, you know, so many people, uh, you know, myself included for a number of years. So I'm not one to say, well, I've never struggled with this, right? There is this, you know, I was an affirmation addict, 
Like I needed people to tell me that I was needed and valuable and wanted. And I find that so many people actually in occupational ministry, we all suffer from that to some degree, this, this addiction to affirmation and needing to be some sort of primary voice, needing to be seen on a stage. And it all, you know, if, if we can find the balance between, okay, I have something to say and I feel like I want to share it, but I want to share it on the other side of overcoming it, or at least on the downhill side of it, right? We never want to share from a place of victimization because again, people can't, people can't follow that from a standpoint of you being a leader. They're really more just wondering where you're going to go from here and if this is going to be overcome or not. And it doesn't invalidate the experience either. It doesn't say, well, this didn't happen and you don't have feelings about it. It's a matter of recognizing that, acknowledging it. This is the experience that I had. These are the feelings that came out of it. Now I am going to make a healthy decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny when you start to unlock these types of mentalities within people, it's almost a domino effect that when we can unlock one part of of an aha moment, everything starts to change. I was talking with a client the other day who's taking her daughter to uh, her grandmother's house, so her mother's house, and to go to another, to go to her job and she's building a business. And so there's a lot of stress because she's trying to take her business into a place where she can leave her job, which so many entrepreneurs are trying to do, right? I mean, this is, I'm assuming we're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, so you'll know this frustration. And she's saying, you know, I dropped my daughter off and she runs after me and it's so frustrating. Every day she runs after me and she chases me down the block and it, you know, then I have to make sure she gets back to my mother's house. Okay. I said, you know, I'm sure that's frustrating. You're, you're in a hurry. And I, I'm sure that that 120 seconds is really frustrating. She's like, yeah, you have no idea. And I said, you know what? I I hear you and I understand you. And I'm sure that would be frustrating until you have a daughter that can't run. And this isn't some sort of juke to like, you know, make you feel bad. It's perspective. We have a nine-year-old with cerebral palsy, Asperger's and a severe seizure disorder. Mm -hmm. I would give anything for her to be able to chase me down the sidewalk. I understand. Yeah. And so there's this perspective of gratitude that I think we just miss sometimes. And again, we can't see that some of our biggest frustrations are most often our biggest teachers. Excellent. That's so damn excellent. Oh, my God. And you're a former pastor, and I swear, sorry. Uh, so oh, you, you must not really stalk me that much on social media. Because... Well, a little bit I did, but I was like, you know, people have, uh, people have comfort levels with it. And I tend to just like, let the F words fly sometimes. And I'm sure that (laughs) my last video on Facebook, I mean, it did pretty well. It's, I think it's like, it kind of went viral. I got like 50,000 views, but I dropped the F bomb about 20 times in there. A lot of people, you know, discounted it saying this would be much more effective without so many. And I'm like, well, you know, fuck me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the first F word. There it is. There it is. Here I thought you were saying fudge all this time. Are you just- oh, oh no! I, you know, some some artists paint with pastels and with oils. I just paint with profanity. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Do you have a four pronged approach to addressing challenges? 
And I don't know about you, but I'm curious to learn. And when I say I don't know about you, I'm talking to the listeners. I'm curious to learn about how you came to that approach. And of course, I'm discussing head, heart, health, and habits. Yeah. So, you know, as I've walked alongside people for the past 14 years, and I'm talking through some of the most dark seasons and scenarios of life, and even walking in my own life through some severe and just very, very traumatic loss in a lot of different areas, it becomes apparent to me that, you know, the, the cornerstone of ETL or Embrace the Lion, which is which is my company, um, habits is at the core of that, right? So what we commit to on a daily basis informs who we are, that if we do not have strong, predictable habits every day that move the needle forward, regardless of how we feel, like I don't like I could give a shit how many Gary V or Tony Robbins videos you watch every day, like that's not going to move the needle forward because everybody struggles with this idea of staying consistently motivated. Like show me your habits and I'll show you what you actually believe about yourself. So habits is the cornerstone, like the, the powerful daily commitments that we say, these are non-negotiables in my life to move the needle forward. And out of that, right? Like we have three other pillars, which is head mindset. Like everything rests in what you believe to be true about yourself. So when I work with clients, we we overcome a lot of limiting beliefs. And this isn't through some sort of like, woo thing. Not that I'm against. I have a lot of woo friends that are coaches. I think that's great. That's not really my jam. Um, I'm more about cognitive belief replacement and neuroplasticity of the brain to redirect what we believe so that the brain focuses on, you know, avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. And it just follows the path of least resistance. If we can get it to follow a different path based on what we recite to ourselves, the habits that we put in place to reinforce those things that we say that we believe, right? Because a belief is nothing more than a thought held captive. Then we can change the the GPS of our brain to go towards the things that we desire versus the things that we don't desire. So many people live and struggle with such a limited belief system and mindset that the reason that they stay stuck is because their thoughts are actually what is that's what's influencing their actions. And they don't have the habits put in place to allow them to show up to their, to their full potential, which I mean, since we're on the subject, there is no such thing as full potential. There's no test that can quantify that with the right mindset, the the right coach or mentor, training, uh, the right environment, right, the right community. At the right time, what's possible? Like, there's no test that can quantify what's possible. You know, our nine-year-old Aubrey defies odds every single day. Doctors tell her she's not going to do things. And every single day she reaches new milestones. So you can't quantify someone's potential and what's possible when the right mindset is in place because the mindset informs everything. Uh, Outside of that, so we've got habits, we've got head, we've got heart, your relationship to yourself, your relationship to others, and your relationship to source, right? And source being whatever you call God. Like, I really don't care as much. I, I don't care what you believe. You just need to believe something right? Something that pushes you forward to a greater purpose and fulfilling the call that's on your life, right? Some people call that God. Some people call that Jesus. Some people call that Buddha. Some people call that Allah. Some people call that the earth and spirit and energy. I don't, I don't care. You can, you can worship a tree. I don't care, but (laughs) it needs to move you forward, right? So long as it's not hurting you or hurting other people or hurting like creation, we're good. Yeah. Amen. We are good. And outside of that, obviously, health, physical health. I believe that we have one vessel to change this world in, and we ought to use it to its absolute peak. 
uh, performance level. You know, again, I work with so many that have special needs and, you know, perceived limitations on their body physically because of their ailments. And here we are, majority of us with perfectly working bodies that we take for granted every single day. And we put trash in them. We fill them with imp- like just, you know, gross food, bad things but, that we yeah. I and tell I tell people that all the time. If, yeah, like we have one vessel to change this world and yeah. we're lazy about it. We take it for granted. And so, you know, working with me, like I don't give a shit if you make more money in your business if you're not showing up physically. I don't give a shit if you are ripped and jacked and just in the most amazing shape, if it's costing you your relationship with your kids and your spouse or your partner. Like it there has to be some sort of balance. And balance is obviously a misnomer. It doesn't exist. But there has to be some sort of prioritization that says, these are my core values. These are the habits that I show up for daily. These are non-negotiables in my life. I am not going to sacrifice my family, my health, my spirituality, or my own sanity on the altar of some perceived level of success. And in the same vein, do you think, and, and I think that I know the answer to what you're going to say. Uh, it's important to keep yourself as number one, because you have to put your oxygen mask on first. So yes, we are. And I tell people, you know, nobody has a more vested interest in you than you, than taking care of these four areas of your life. So even if you are doing your best, but you have a toxic relationship, that means you need to make a choice to fulfill that promise to yourself with that one particular pillar, for example. Or if you are doing, um, you know, like you've talked about, uh, you're trying to get your your head right and you're trying to get your habits right. Um, but you have other people around you who are toxic and bringing you down. You have to look out for yourself. 100%. Like you have to put yourself first before anything else. You know, I think one of the, and I'm going to create a little bit of a shit storm here, but that's fine, right? We're all friends. <laughs> I think one of the greater damages that I did was, to tell people because, you know, I was a pastor, you know, put other people first, put other people before you. And I would consistently say this, like, no, my job is to be for the people. Like I need to put these people first and put them on a pedestal. And in the meantime, I'm sacrificing my family. I'm sacrificing my own health, my own well-being, my own personal development mm-hmm. for the sake, again, of being needed and feeling like I was fulfilling some spiritual obligation of, you know, some sort of self piety of showing up for everyone and being all things to all people is complete bullshit because you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to put yourself first business owners. You have to put yourself first. If you're a coach, if you're you're in the people industry, do not make the mistake of thinking that serving your client comes before serving yourself. You need to put proper boundaries in place now today, especially if you're in the infancy of your business to make, damn sure that the busier and more productive and more your business grows, you don't end up selling and sacrificing your own soul for it. Like you need systems and habits in place now to ensure that you can show up more powerfully with appropriate boundaries. Listen, I love Kayla, who's my soon to be wife. Like I love her man passionately. You follow me for five minutes. You'll understand. that. (laughs) I get it. I'm up. I, I'm up at 3:45 every morning, getting all of my personal development, my meditation, my affirmations, my gratitude, uh, my morning cardio and breathing exercises. I'm getting all of that in before she ever wakes up. 
Why? Because the second that she wakes up, I want to have my vessel full so that I can serve her, so that I can serve our kids, so that when I jump into a day full of client calls and amazing podcast calls, that I can serve at the highest capacity because I am pouring from an empty or from a full cup every single day and every night. But when we go to bed, we speak gratitude, we speak affirmation. Again, we fill that cup back up because at the end of the day, it does get a little low because we're both in the business of serving people and helping people achieve massive results in their life on all platforms. And that takes a lot of energy. And some of your listeners will know exactly what that is. And so if you continue to do this without putting yourself first, you are setting yourself up for a serious crash and burn. Absolutely. And also need to look at what you're doing in your life with your gifts and your talents as attached to other people. So my word of the year was collaboration. Yeah. Because I wanted to keep the focus that our gifts, just like our pain doesn't just belong to us, our gifts don't only belong to us. If you're able to close people left and right and scale businesses and do all this wonderful thing and uh, things and generate money, and then you're working with somebody who's more creative, for example, but they're not quite as strong in sales, but you know that they can add value to your work, you two have an obligation to help each other. And I'm going to say that word, obligation, because I believe it's true. I think, and it's, and this is the, um, the phrase of send the elevator back down. So you got to send the elevator back down, but it's not just to help people who are making less or who are whatever. It is so that we are all on the same floor, eventually collaborating together. And because as one person, you cannot grow your business to the scope and magnitude and success that you want to, but you absolutely can. And to that full imaginary potential that we talked about, right? But you absolutely can with the right people on your team. So serving yourself so that you can serve others and then they in return will serve you. Oh, listen, I, I know so many and I coach so many entrepreneurs who make really good money, right? Like they're in the six figure range, which mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I still don't know why that's the magic number. Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, do you guys know what happens? Like tax wise, when you reach six figures, like keep it around 90, you're good. No. <laughs> You know, you reach that, you reach into those, 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 what we would call higher earners. And I'm, I'm coaching so many of them that, oh, I'm still doing my accounting. I, yeah, I do all of my content creation. I'm doing everything. I write all my emails. I, you know, I, I'm trying to set my camera up on a tripod and take pictures. And I'm like, you know, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to hire some shit out. Like yeah. let some of this go. One of the, I tell entrepreneurs and creatives all the time. One of the fastest ways to grow your business is to invest in those that can help you grow it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so important because that empty vessel can look like so many different things to different people. Your anxiety can aid you. Stress can aid you. Depression can aid you. And when I'm talking about aging, I'm not talking about the physical manifestation on the outside of your body, the inside of your body. This is why people can be skinny fat, too. So all of that contributes to shortening your life. It contributes to shortening your joy. So it's like um, when I talk to you, I get the sense of understanding 
how the universe works to a degree, that we are all linked together in our humanity to help each other. And it's funny because anytime I've approached anything with the scarcity mindset, I've been like, okay, great. I'm going to outsource some of these projects, whatever. And then later I'll be like, oh, great. I just landed this client. I'm going to do it myself. I'm telling you what, anytime I give away opportunities to help other people make money, one comes in it immediately. It's, it's like uh, within 20 minutes. I'm not even kidding you. So for people approaching life and business from a scarcity mindset, I'm seriously telling you, this is the way to abundance. Don't you think, Cody? You know what? One million percent. I, I tell people all the time, you want to sell more, like stop selling shit. <laughs> you <Yeah>. want, <laughs> just just add, add value, add value to people. You can follow me and you will never see me trying to sell anything. Like I just add value. I, I want to move humanity forward. Like my CTAs are not, Hey, contact me for a consult call. Like I, I probably don't want to actually get on the phone with you. Um, I don't know you, right? Like I work a lot on referrals and I do some, I do a lot of cold lead generation through ads and funnels and things. But um, for the most part, like all of my content is just like, be a better fucking person. And here's how you do it, right? Like, yeah. here's how we move the needle forward in your life. Here's how we move past fear. All of our closed groups, right? So we have an ETL mastermind group. We have an embrace the line group for men. Everything is about moving the needle forward, and it's all value-driven. It is all encouraging. It's all to help you move from point A to point B. And in any industry that you're in, listen, 99% of the time, nobody gives a shit what you sell. Like, nobody cares because mm -hmm. there's something else like it on Amazon or somebody else is selling it or somebody else is doing it. They care about you. And they care about the fact that you understand the pain that they have and that you can solve it. And the only way that they're going to know that is if you give yourself away in a, in a way that communicates, I understand, and here's how we're going to move you past this. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Um, but also then you, you compound that with actionable steps so that instead of just saying, hey, I'm Cody Jefferson, embrace the lion, and uh, here's my story, okay, have a great day. You're saying, here's my story, my son spilled $50 worth of exotic fish food on the floor. This is how I grew through it. This is what I learned from my childhood. This is the mindset, I guess we'll call it a hack at the moment, because I think anything that chips away at a preformed belief truly is a hack. It's like, oh, zing. Here, okay, now we're in a different existence and have a different perspective. But you're letting people know if this happens to you, I did it this way. And here are the tools so you can do it your way. Yeah, there, you know, I there is no one size fits all for any of this. And I think the more that we can share our experiences, share, you know, the ways in which we've come alive, not in a, hey, a, B, C, D, this is how you do this. But these are the ways in which mm -hmm. I've moved forward. These are the stories I've heard in which others have moved forward. And out of all of these stories and experiences and ways in which we've all overcome, all gone from victim to victor, I want to encourage you that there is hope for you. And here are some ways in which you might make that happen. I love it. I love it. I've never had a lion in the studio before. And, I, you know, in this, <laughs> this experience, when somebody says like lion in the studio, it'd be like, oh my God, hide. But no, you have been just a wonderful, compassionate, 
lion and we have already gotten to the end of our segment so robert accuses me of saying this all the time well we'd love to have you back and he says you know i know you say that and sometimes you're like you're never going to come back you i'm telling you what my friend you have an open invitation because we seriously first of all jumping in so deep so quickly i want to keep going i know right i know and and the banter was fan freaking tastic so one last question for you. Yeah. And this is a question I ask everybody. And the people who share themselves so much with the audience are the ones who have a hard time answering it. So we'll see how you handle it. But what is the one thing people don't know about you? Ooh, what is the one thing that people don't know about me? Mm-hmm. That is such a good question. I'm trying to think here. What is the one thing people don't know about me? I mean, we can go really surface, uh, mm-hmm. but here, let's let's talk about some. Let's we're we're real here. Let's talk about something you don't know about me that nobody knows about me right now because we're still in the middle of it. And uh, so let's talk vulnerability. This is something that hasn't been shared on social media because we're in the middle of it. For the past five days, we've been in and out of the ER. Um, almost every single day because Kayla's experiencing symptoms they can't diagnose. And so we're in the middle of trying to navigate through all of these strange symptoms that uh, all of her tests are coming back completely fine. And we're navigating through that, also navigating through the last week of school this week. The last day of school is today. It's Memorial Day this weekend. Today is Kayla's birthday. And we we actually, Happy birthday! <laughs> I, we actually got home. So we were supposed to go to an event today at the school. We actually spent the morning in the ER again. I got home at noon to jump on this call. And I jumped on this call at 1230 once I got her settled in bed. So something you don't, there's something you don't know that nobody. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So first of all, happy birthday to Kayla. Right. Second, I, I, I want to extend um, my personal empathy because I understand what it's like to go for months without a diagnosis. Sure. And so if there's any way, shape or form that I can help or SickBiz can help at all, please let us know. We will be there for you. This is a scary time. Um, for me personally, and I will tell you this as a uh, fiance and father and a person who's just going deeper into your existence as a person who is serving and being there for your relationship, this is exactly what my relationship needed. We are closer than we have ever been and we have forged this untenable bond. So again, it's the pain and then it's the gift and the pain and we don't wish pain on anybody. But I do wish illumination and strengthening for the both of you. And uh, you're very lucky to have each other. Absolutely. Yeah. She makes me a better man every single day. Wonderful. All right. Well, Cody Jefferson, the first real lion we've ever had in the studio. I'm so honored that you were here today. I definitely want to get you back and a little bit more frequently than (laughs) you might expect because every time we tap into something with you, a a thought process, a mindset. You go so incredibly deep, and I think there's so much to bring up and help our listeners who are struggling. A portion of them are struggling right now. They don't have a diagnosis. They have lost their jobs. They're trying to make a living wage, and they are operating out of fear. 
And so I think you really spoke to them today from that level. Well, I appreciate it. And to those who are struggling in this season, you know, acknowledge that that fear is real, but understand that we have to look at things as real and not real. Like what can, what is real and what is perceived? What can you control and what do you need to release? And I find that for myself, whenever I'm coming into a situation and listen, we have them all the time. We have, uh, you know, Kayla has a nine-year-old with a lot of special needs that is, you know, she's like a daughter to me. And we have these situations and, and seasons come up and not just in illness, but even in, you know, scaling businesses and helping others. I have found that when I can approach a situation and say, okay, this is what's mine to own. This is, this is where I can control the response and everything else. Nothing is going to move the needle forward in any way, shape or form by me being overwhelmed with stress and anxiety. I'm going to control what I can control and I'm going to let go of what I can't. And if you don't know how to let go, I think it's super important to talk to somebody who can help you or who can even say you have permission to do this. Sometimes I was talking to a friend of mine, very close friend of mine, who's like a sister, Catherine Taggy. Hello. Um, and she said, sometimes we need to get that permission. I think especially as women, we need to get that permission because we always feel like we're juggling, but give yourself the permission to let go of that control. And if you don't know what that means or even how to approach it, it's really important that you talk to somebody like Cody, who can help you identify what does it mean to let go of control and why are you going to be okay? Yeah. And, you know, in, I, I'm not even sure if we're still on air, if we're close. Yeah, if we're we are. Oh, okay. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, to, so to those of you, to those of you who find yourself in that position and you're on this call and this call, maybe for whatever reason has been speaking to you, I want to tell you this. Because some of you need to hear this and you just need to hear it from someone. And maybe you need to hear it from a man. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But you have permission. You have permission to let go. You have permission to move forward. You have permission to be successful. You have permission to live a life full of joy. You have permission to be fulfilled. And you have permission to share your gift with this world. Amen. We couldn't have ended on a better note. Thank you so much for being in the studio today, Cody. We will have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to serve your audience. Great. Cody Jefferson is a lion. And I think this speaks volumes into transforming into the person or entity that you need to become to ensure that your link to the rest of the world to the rest of humanity is strong and that you are able to do your job, not your profession, but your job that you are assigned here on earth. We all have a job. Cody has recognized what his job is, and that is helping other people to step into their greatest power, to move away from their fears, to address their fears, to minimize them and overcome them. To pay attention to the messages that are leading people to their destiny of collaboration. Sometimes our own life circumstances and any events that we don't understand why they happen or that don't seem to have a reason are actually the events 
that can teach us the most about ourselves. They're the events that we have been waiting for to teach us about our paths and the best way to reach the world with our gifts. If you would like to get in touch with Cody, the best way to reach him is at embracethelion.org. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. Reviews like yours help us climb to the top of the podcast ranking charts and ensure that our message is heard near and far. Stop on over to sickbiz.com and check out our continuing content that we are updating as much as we possibly can to serve you better. You will want to make sure that you hop on over to the resources page as well because what you will find is there to help you and your business and your life. Sign up for the job board run by Galena, who is on our sick biz board and is our secretary. It's actually her job board that she is sharing with sick biz and offering at a very significant and affordable discount to you. When I say affordable, I'm not saying what a lot of other coaches or business professionals might say, which would be, it's only $700. Can't you make that? What I mean by this is that this is under $20 a month. And when you do sign up as a sick biz customer, you get a 50% off discount every single month for the life of your subscription. Why is this important? Because Galena has vetted these jobs. She runs the largest group of VAs on Facebook, and she assures that her clients' wages are protected, and we are offering the very same thing through her. I don't praise her often enough, but Galena is a really huge part of our organization. And if you can't get enough of us, then make sure you text SICKBIZ to 36260, and you can get our app delivered right to your hot little hand. Listen to the podcast. You don't have to be on a desktop to do that. Now it can go wherever you go. You can also read through the guest blog and find that little nugget of wisdom that you've been looking for to give your life a boost. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. We'll see you next time. Be well.